it, the company I worked for, they used the, the months that they couldn't be open and we actually reorganized and, and implemented an entire inventory system that was never there before. And we've already saved hundreds of thousands of dollars just by mm-hmm. putting in a system that we quote, never had time for before. So yeah, I think a lot of businesses. Exactly. In fact, I got really see- mad when I went back to my business and they did the exact opposite and they opened their doors <laughs> for two months before bringing in other people and then go, can you guys organize this? We're way behind. And you're like, you know, we had months to be way ahead. You chose to be way behind. <laughs> we'll figure it out when we get there, bro. No, exactly. I was like, if you hired a monkey to take care of the business, I imagine they would do the exact same thing you did. Open the doors and then just react. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> exactly. What do you mean no one's been in here since I locked the door last? Yeah, exactly. When I was the only one with the keys. You're like, you could have. The, the business can run as fluid as you've ever wanted it to now. And you chose for it to run worse than ever. It's like when you live alone and then you get all mad, someone left dishes in the sink. It's exactly it. You're like, I can't believe no one's flushing the toilet. And you're like, this is, oh, this is all me. <laughs> Imagine someone comes into your work and there's all like in a bad mood. And like, when it's like, I woke up to another turd in the toilet, man. No one's flushing the toilet but me. Dude, don't you live yeah. alone? Yeah. If I'm the only one that flushes the toilet around here and you're like... <laughs> There was a moment actually when um, Nigel moved out and I got mad at the dishes and I was like, Nigel's been gone for two months. This is you. Like I had to, I like, I learned that I was getting grumpy at just anything around. And I was like, Oh, you're also getting grumpy at yourself and blaming others for it. And that's not appropriate either. Dude. But it's just because you loved and missed him so much. Yeah, no, that's true. You're going to Yeah, I missed him. I love it. But part of that was learning. I was like, you know, Nigel's probably the best roommate I've ever had. I, I agree with that. I think he is the best roommate I never had. Yeah, that could be too, man. You know what I mean? Like hanging out with him as much as I did, which I is a hand, not just a handful of times. Every time yeah. I was all like, ugh, amazing. What an aura to be around some people, you know? Oh, yeah. It was just calm, chill, got, got things done when you got to get things done. Also, just real fun. Yeah. Only a couple Yo, times. And if I just showed up to your house. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And anytime I just showed up at your house and you weren't there, it didn't seem to, it didn't, that wasn't a thing. It was, Oh yeah. Hey, your brother's not here. Let's hang. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. There was yeah. still beer or something to put on the grill constantly grilling yeah. and beering. It was good. It was good roommate. Good time. He's good. now a dad. So he's got a wife and stuff. You know, there's no more roommates. His roommates, his wife. And a kid, right? Or does he have a kid? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He has a kid. Yeah. So he's got roommates still. He's probably just as good to them. I'm probably sure. at least as good to them. <laughs> so, if he was a worse father to them, a worse roommate to them than he was to me. So yeah, the kid's cool, but Aaron brought home DVDs sometimes. This yeah. kid doesn't even know what they are. This kid hasn't. This kid kid has never brought home a party pack, EG. Never. Yeah, not once. Never once yeah. he surprised me with anything good. Yeah, it falls on me every time. <laughs> bogus it's like he's in phoenix and now has eg's i uh sponsored by eg's double eg yeah, sponsored double not e. sponsored is what we like double to say e. Sponsored, G, not sponsored. Double e. i have to sing that song every time i bring up my sponsorship to eg dude i sing yeah. it every time the producer messages me and says anything about eg's i'm <laughs> singing it while i'm responding in text yeah of course you got to it's part I of the thing they still use that commercial i don't think they use it anymore well, this is the whole point of branding is like when they stop, you still have it in you. Yeah, no, and I do. 
I do. Mm-hmm. For sure. Wait, so I saw your wrestling belt on Instagram. Yeah. The dude, person I got that made it. Championship. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever JB made Toys it. Toys won at Instagram. JB Toys won. I was searching their Instagram. It's fantastic. If you're into wrestling, they are like the place to go to buy things. It's crazy. He makes a lot of replica belts that WWE's not making. I know that, and again, sponsored, not sponsored, but I spent an hour on his Instagram um, trying to figure out what city he's in. I thought he was Is in that New a York. Secret? He just, he met up with, um, I mean, I guess I can look at the shipping label I have on the box still, but I, I looked thought like it was he was purposely in New York. Secret. I thought it was Atlanta because of the amount of wrestlers that were coming around and doing autograph signings like now-ish. I was like, he's either in Florida or Georgia. I guess that's true. The thing that I saw, because I recently saw a clip he he posted of him acquiring Jay Lethal's, or not Jay Lethal, Jay Switchblade. The in-ring gear? Switchblade, in-ring gear. And it was in mm-hmm. a hotel and he made a mention about how he drove down to the city and it was like New York. But that could have also not been recent. So that's true too. So I guess I don't really know. I guess I just assumed from that one post. Yeah, I was trying to, to figure that out. Be I was like, it's got to be somewhere close. But like, not a ton of WWE people are coming through there. So that's why I was also like, this was probably Georgia somewhere. Yeah, I don't think that... I think it's the relationship he has with the indies. I don't think mm-hmm. that he has that kind of... Really, especially because he makes the replicas the way that he does. WWE mm-hmm. would probably be furious, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Of course they would be furious. I don't know They're why they furious would be. I mean, some of the replicas he's dollar. making... Are good. They're great, and some of them are ones that they sell their current version of, and he's selling a, quite frankly, better version for similar cost, mm-hmm. or a more real or or a more true to memory version as well. Exactly. Put the F in there. And Great way to put it. Exactly. No, that's what I was looking at. I was like, oh, oh yeah, this is for the real fan. Like this is, this isn't like oh, this is what I'm allowed to do. They're like, no, there's no law here. This is what the fan yeah. wants it to be. And you're like, yes, it is. 100%, which is why I was looking because I was like, if it's within any distance of anywhere I am, I want to visit. I don't know that he has a brick and mortar. There's a Maybe. picture of one. Really? Oh, that's incredible. Yes. Then I want yeah, to visit exactly. Now. That's why I was like, oh, excuse me? Where are you? Because I wouldn't have cared where he was if there wasn't a picture of a brick and mortar. Huh. Well, I know I saw him in one of those pictures. He was outside of Wrestling Universe. Mm-hmm. which also is in new york so okay and that's not his store but wrestling universe is pretty cool too sponsored not sponsored wrestlinguniverse.com the wrestlinguniverse.com say what so i know there's us wrestling Flushings, yeah. there's a wrestling store in um is it miami beach it's or daytona beach wherever hogan lives hogan owns a store that has a bunch of wrestling stuff and it's not only hogan stuff it's mostly hogan stuff but it's not only because he owns yeah, it with jimmy hart hogan stuff Oh, yeah. No, for, there's 80% of it seems like it's Hogan stuff, ex- especially if Hogan autographs and stuff. But there's other stuff. There's like other figures and stuff in there. That's pretty cool. Dude, and I mm-hmm. thought for a long time, because of how, because Jimmy Hart does that, I thought Jimmy's famous seafood was actually Jimmy Hart's, but I don't think that's true at all. But it was. I don't think it is. Oh, he just hangs there because it also says the word Jimmy in it? That so. would not shock me. I think so, because I saw something. I think the reason I started thinking maybe he doesn't is, for one, I don't think it's in the same city as him, but two, because I think it's like in Boston or some shit. But I think that um, mm. 
I saw a response that they made on their own Twitter account towards someone else's response to them. And it was like shit talking, like, like customer service shit talk. Mm-hmm. That's like, funny. yeah, don't buy here. You know what I mean? Like, and I was like, I don't see Jimmy Hart being that way. <laughs> no, no. Jimmy Hart is like, please buy here. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's okay, baby, baby. It's good. <laughs> we'll throw you right out, baby. Exactly. We'll get you desserts. We'll make it good, baby. Yeah. Oh, he's good. Yeah, I like Jimmy Hart. Dude, he's incredible. Why isn't he around Starcast? Dude, yo, literally, as we were watching, what show was it? Raw or SmackDown? Which one we were watching? And then, and then, producer just goes, "I miss Jimmy Hart." I was like, "What?" Oh, it was (laughs) it was SmackDown. It was Paul Heyman. It was during Survivor Series. Yeah, she's watching Paul Heyman on the outside of the ring and she just goes, I miss Jimmy Hart. Like I had a lot of energy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you started watching like four years ago. She just remembers the the whole uh, crown jewel thing with Hogan's team and stuff. Jimmy Hart being involved yeah. in that. We went to a show where he was ringside and the whole time he was ringside, we could hear him rose back. Just being like, come on, man. Come on, baby. Kick out. Come on, baby. <laughs> Mojo when he's 70. Yeah. Hype man. Yeah, Mojo will be Jimmy mm-hmm. Hart, but bigger. Oh, yeah. It's like whoever the third man is for uh, New Day. Just continually active cheering him on. Jimmy Hart yep. was that for whoever he came out with. And he came out with, like, it seemed like anybody. It seemed like any week anyone could have come out with Jimmy Hart. Well, and that was also part of his shtick. I mean, especially in Memphis, his whole mm-hmm. thing was that – so, the the uh, to me, I think – the two greatest rivalries in all of Memphis, the most famous I would say would be the Kaufman one just because that was national, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't even say that was the best one to me. Lawler and Dundee was incredible, but which one I think is even bigger was the uh, Jimmy Hart and Jerry Lawler uh, Mm -hmm. rivalry because the rivalry was never Jimmy was going to beat up Lawler. It was this manager hated Lawler. So he always brought in somebody just be, yeah, I'm going to find someone to kill you, dude. Yeah, and he put <laughs> him over. Like, that was the whole thing. It's a great gimmick. Oh yeah, it's amazing. If a I a manager could straight steal it today, that they have a beef with somebody and they're just putting together people to go fight them, to go fight their fights for them. That's a great angle already. And it was instant credibility for anybody who came in with Jimmy Hart. Jimmy uh-huh. Hart thinks this guy can beat Jerry Lawler. This guy must yeah. be good, especially if it's your debut. Yeah. That's what a beautiful way to have a debut. Yeah, absolutely. If you're debuting with Jimmy Hart, it's like, oh shit. Yo, and then I'm because managers were so important back then when Macho Man made his uh first appearance in WWE, Jimmy Hart and Bobby Heenan and who's the third? There was a third manager who came out and they were all standing there watching him. Was it and Love? it started being like as a debut, everyone went who didn't know him went, oh. Every manager is scouting this guy. This mm-hmm. guy must be good. <laughs> that's like, that's not, what a great debut that is. Where the managers are sitting there on the side, mm-hmm. scouting like their major league baseball managers, and like, well, yeah, it's a high prospect. Yeah. Exactly, it makes that person. It gives such credibility as opposed to all these. What we get nowadays is just jobber match after jobber match after jobber match, and you're supposed to believe, oh, they're tough guys. They're beating up people I've never heard of. Mm-hmm. This was just all like, look at these managers who build teams of credibility mm-hmm. are looking at this guy. This guy's got to be good. Well, managers right now are really in a low. Yeah. 
there's not there's not a really great lineage of managers. I mean, Paul Heyman's a great manager. I thought Zelina Vega was doing a great job managing. And then outside of that, they're, you're just like, and now they're coming out with their wives and girlfriends. Yeah. Well, my my issue with Zelina as a manager was that she did awesome in NXT, literally telling the story of Andrade being a party boy mm-hmm. and her getting him focused, but there was never a why. And there was never a, what are you doing? And Zelina's focus as a character was never clear. It was never, Mm -hmm. I want to manage the greatest talents. It was for for whatever reason, she was just suddenly invested in Andrade and wanted him on top. Mm -hmm. And then when she gets to the main roster with Andrade, she brings in Angel and um, Austin Theory, I think. And it was just this weird, like, no why there either. And then she just started wrestling on her own. So I felt like the manager focus for her character was so split but she was yeah. so good on the mic and she was so good talking for her people. The only thing that was missing, I think was the why, what do you yeah, doing? That's true. Oh, that's true. The, yeah. The why she cares, but we'll never find that out. Yeah. I mean, I guess, although did you guys talk yeah. about in the last episode, how much people get paid? How much people get paid? I don't know. Contracts. Don't they know announced contracts. the, the contracts of 2020. They announced how much WWE paid all their wrestlers. Who announced that? I think it was there's an annual Forbes article, but it's their base salary. It doesn't count for any merch or anything, but it tells tells you what the base salaries are. Yeah, I can send you the link right now if you're looking. Yeah, send me the link. Okay, we can go over some of that. I think I have because a of I found it really interesting because you know we all know Zelina and WWE split ways, and yeah. I heard that she had to choose. You know, like Twitch over WWE because Twitch paid her more than WWE did. And I was like, all right, that that makes sense. And then I saw that a lot of their women are making $80,000 a year. Yeah. And I was like, a lot of their women that are being used weekly. And so then it was just like, oh, okay. You know what? I could see somebody making more on Twitch from their WWE following than WWE. Yeah. But, I mean, all that's even such a complicated thing. And we've gone into it a Mm -hmm. few times of, like, it's not as simple as that. The other thing being that there's a lot of Twitch channels that are still open. Mm -hmm. I, I think that there's also, I think there's a lot of ego involved on both sides. Yeah. I think that there's always the possibility because also what's also reopened too is, is cameo. Mm -hmm. Um, We still see a number of the YouTube channels are still up. A number of the Twitch ones are still up. I think there's more to her story than, than we know, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I also think that there's potentially an ego clash where it's, I'm not, you're not taking a penny of what I get on Twitch. It has zero to do with you and Mm -hmm. WWE saying, who were you before we put you on Twitch? You know what I mean? She was a star in Impact, but she's not of the same level star. Like to compare WWE's numbers and Impact's numbers are it's a great difference. I sent you the link to the Forbes article. Yeah, I got it right here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't even go so far as to say she was a star on Impact. She just happened to be on Impact. She was on Impact a couple of times. Like she yeah. had a character on there, but it wasn't, nobody was talking about it. It's not one of those things. Let's see, we got. Brian no, exactly. Yeah, no, it's not. Roman five, Randy four, Seth four. Triple H 3.3, Becky 3.1. That's surprising. 
Becky at three point one. I thought that yeah, was. Really... I thought she was lower than that actually. Really, I thought that the whole rumor when she signed last was it was like a five or six million dollar deal. Huh. That she had resigned to be one of the top paid in the company for good reason. But yeah, I mean, obviously well, she... Brock is a different thing. But that's the the crazy thing about reading these lynches. Lynches. I'm sorry. These salaries. I just saw her name pop up as I'm going down. Is of course, the top two are always uh, Brock and Cena, yeah. who, of course, we only see but two, three times a year. But at the same time, you're also like, well, they are they are doing a lot to, for the company. And the company is using their image every week or every day, especially yeah. like on their trucks that are going through any town on any given day those two faces are going to be on it. They're going to use their faces in any branding first and foremost. And those people will draw. So I understand how that happens. Yeah. And then there's Roman. The other thing too, is you keep that link with WWE with them just because when they appear mm-hmm. on literally anything else, it's news. And everyone's talking about WWE star John Cena about to appear in mm-hmm. fast and the furious and on Jay Leno or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, it's, it's also additional advertising linked to them by allowing them to do the other things they're doing. For sure. Ron Strowman getting 1.9 is a little surprising for just because of how vocal he's been in some of his interviews and in that chronicle about how depressed mm-hmm. he is about his stance in the company and stuff. And you're like, you're top 10 paid people in the company. How do you not think they're behind well, you some way or another? He also just resigned. Yeah. His resigning was like two months ago. Oh. That's cool. So a lot of that could have come two months ago when he just resigned. We're like, hey, we know we're using you a ton. We hear you're not happy. Here's another million on top of what you made last year. Could be. Could be. And of course, this is all before merch. Yeah, this is all outside of merch. This is all their downsides and stuff. Because if they included merch, it unfortunately, like the top five are going to be like people who are like, aren't really that act like undertaker would be in there stone cold would be in there maybe even the rock yeah i wouldn't be surprised if new day were were in the top 10 with uh with oh you're right yeah new day's got tons of stuff out there yeah Yeah, i'm happy to see uh becky in there as with the guys with the guys on that yeah because it was always depressing to see like the top 20 of them be men. And you're like, yes, but definitely these women are making a difference in everything. Half the show is the women's division, but it's not half of your roster pay. I think also, is it just me? or I think this article came out April 2020. So this is potentially not all accurate either because I believe that... Mm. I believe some of the re-signing on there would be notable. Also, the fact that I believe Brock or uh, Lesnar's, I don't think, even under contract with them. Well, um, yeah, but that doesn't mean he didn't get paid this year. Because that's the other part. Paid up until like, April. Yeah, exactly. And I bet you he got paid well. So, like, there's some of that stuff where you're just like, yeah, there's some back and forth. If that was an April article, I'm sorry. I thought I found an article that was, like, this week released. Yeah, because I also don't see the thing you were talking about with like the the eighty thousands and stuff. But yeah, I didn't yeah. see that on that list either. But I was, you know, talking to you, so I didn't want to spend too much time like browsing on the the internet. 
Yeah. And I mean, we're, we're pretty consistent with just, you know, touting that we, we're not comfortable. We're, we don't understand contracts. We don't, we don't buy uh-huh. into every rumor, everything that we, we see. It is interesting to see this stuff. And I think sure. one of the reasons that we do, we do like the topic so much is because wrestling is such a combination of so many other types of industries that it kind of uh-huh. creates its own world in a lot of aspects. So it's really interesting to get certain peaks into it that we do get. It did. And the reason I brought it up was because of Zelina having to choose between Twitch and WWE. Which again is rumor. No one's confirmed that. Just said it was breach of contract is all they said. Okay. Yeah. And the only reason I the only reason I, I question some of that is in general is like what it all truly means is the fact that there's other people who still have all of their third party things. And if it was mm-hmm. truly just you have to pick this one or that, I understand making an example out of somebody. But once the example's been set, you also expect the ball to start rolling, you know? So I think yeah. there's more to it. I think it's I know. Really like after I saw she was fired, one of the first things I did was get in cameo and just look up WWE, which I haven't done in a while. And to mm-hmm. see who's still around, who's not. Yeah, there's a few. There's quite a few. Yeah, there's a couple that are still weekly people on the show that are having their cameos up. And I was like, all right, that's interesting. And Street Profits just got added to it. They weren't even on before. Hmm. So I don't know. I think it's really interesting. I think there's a lot to it. I think it's a really complex business. There really is. And it's going to be model. really interesting to see how it continues to unfold. Cause it, we're still, I believe like in only chapter two of like a 15 chapter story. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I really like listening to the old timers talk about it. I listened to Cornette's view on it and he, uh-huh. he supports a bunch of it. I listened to Eric Bischoff talk about it for about a half an hour. Um, he's kind of a be careful what you wish for type and the ramifications that could have business-wide. So I do like hearing the the people who've been in it for a really long time have mm-hmm. completely opposite opinions and talk about it from their experience standpoint. Cause the other thing we get is everyone else who's talking about it, all these, these wrestling journalists, they don't know. Yeah. I don't know. They're guessing and they're, and the reporting and, and coming up to conclusions as is all the rest of us fans. And we're doing it with our heart and our gut which is really mm-hmm. nice and a very nice, kind sentiment to make of saying, I want my favorites to always have every single dollar in the world ever. But there's mm-hmm. also a lot more to it than just that. So it's one of those things where it's like, it's very nice you think that if they unionize, everyone will be taken care of and everything's perfect from there then on out. Mm-hmm. However, it's a much more complicated thing than that. And I'm really curious to see how it actually unfolds. More so than I am about yelling about it on the internet. That's true. Evil I just... Devils. As a fan, that is exactly what you're saying. We shouldn't run away with. I'm going to run away with it for a second. I'm going to be a fan. Speak from my heart about it. I just don't know why WWE doesn't create their own cameo-like service on their own website and take their own percentage that cameo, you know, match or approximately about. And that way, both sides are happy. I feel like there's a middle ground that they should talk about and can be reached. Yeah, I think um, a middle ground is exactly what you'll see. I also think that the idea that people started popping back up on Cameo, I think mm-hmm. has a lot to do with WWE having a contract with Cameo saying mm-hmm. you can use our stars can be there, but we get this or that or something. You know what I mean? Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah, for sure. And then I don't understand contracts. I don't know what WWE's middle ground for Twitch would be. But it's time to have that conversation with Twitch and the boys and the company. And figure that out. And when I say the boys, I mean everyone in the locker room, of course. Yeah. It's just traditionally been called the boys, but I, you know, like the, some of the bigger Twitch streams are also the female stars. They are. Yeah, all, they are. All no, of the bigger Paige, ones are. Well, with the exception of um, with Up, Up, Down, Down. 
Yeah, up, up, down, down. This is what I what I love about Xavier Woods. Apart from literally everything, he has found a way to do this under the umbrella of WWE from the beginning. Because I uh-huh. think also Woods is different than a lot of the talent you see go through who always talk about being a dream of being part of WWE or wrestling for WWE. This has always uh-huh. been their dreams type stuff. I think that Woods is so smart that his dream actually encapsulated more than that. I always want to be a part of WWE. He wanted to have a gaming community online. He wanted to Twitch. He wanted to YouTube. Uh-huh. He understood what all that meant. And it, he basically approached WWE with, how do I launch this under your guys's umbrella? Uh-huh. For so sure. He's been protected since day one. Yeah. If you go to up, up, down, down shop.com, it's like, an, it's part of, it's WWE shop slash up, up, down, down. And you have a bunch oh, no, of, you up, can up, buy down, their down belt merch. on the WWE site. Yeah. Their newest elite figure comes with an up, up, down, down belt. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah. The newest Xavier Woods, it comes with two heads. One of them is the, um, the gear he had at SummerSlam last year where he was dressed up like, uh, um, oh my God, Stevie Wonder. Mm-hmm. So he's got all the braids and the sunglasses on and it comes with an up, up, down, down belt. That's great. It's That's phenomenal. fantastic. It's incredible. I love all of that. He was oh, never not open and honest and transparent from the look of it. And I don't know everything, obviously. But here's mm-hmm. someone who, who developed such a thing and developed such a branding with it that mm-hmm. if he can't wrestle again, he's still under the WWE umbrella, still making content for WWE. That's what I like the most about all of this is that people who have to retire for some reason you know, be it Daniel Bryant needs to focus on being a dad or Mick Foley just aged out of the whole thing. Uh, he still has a source of income from the fandom, you know, like be it cameos yeah. or Twitches or whatnot. Yeah, I think it's awesome. I think it's really cool. And I think yeah. it's an awesome community. I do think that I think that most people who go get into wrestling have to have an ego to get to a point of success. I do think mm-hmm. the egos clashing heads is the heart and soul of wrestling from day one. And I think that, I think there's maybe been a lack of compromise on some of the, the tables when they're, when it compromises all both sides really need. Mm-hmm. For sure. Totally. I don't know. I think it's awesome. I think it's really cool because I know that it has opened up a lot of things. One of the things that I, I think is a huge silver lining of, of all this too, is that before all the COVID and lockdown stuff, those avenues weren't much of anything for the WWE superstars who had them. And now mm-hmm. we've created an issue with it because they're making so much. Like, Which how is fantastic is that? Awesome. Totally so awesome. Cool. Before the pandemic, well, none of them had time for any of this. The ones who had it were minorly successful to the point where no one really noticed or cared. When you found out that, that AJ had a, had a stream, mm-hmm. people went, really? And it turns out he had it for years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I also think so, that it's great for the fans that are like, that do play against these stars in video games in their spare time or whatnot, or don't just watch it and enjoy it. Those people are the ones that are the most invested when it comes time to like have any match where they're like, no, no, no. Xavier is practically a friend of mine. He just doesn't know it. Yeah. I want him Yo, to win and I saw all this... the time. Oh, a hundred percent. But I even saw, um... so one of the other things I think came out of this, which is incredible is the virtual meet and greets. Since mm-hmm. lockdown, I've been able to have a meet and greet with Mandy Rose. We had Naomi, Carmella, Sami Zayn, um, Kofi Kingston, Sheamus. Like, that wouldn't have happened otherwise. No, you know? for sure not. 
but I was watching some of the videos on some of them. And one of the guys who meets Xavier Woods says, Hey man, it's me and gives his handle. And he goes, Oh, Hey man, what's up? And then the guy asks Xavier Woods, I want to know, did you finish this game on this thing? And Woods is all like, Oh yeah, I wasn't streaming it because of this. And then they start talking about video games for two minutes. Mm-hmm. It was awesome, man. Well, it's been good catching up. I got to go on to the next, you know what I mean? You're like, mm-hmm. that doesn't happen without Twitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly that. And it's just like, that's exactly what Twitch is all about. That's the Twitch community meeting up with the WWE community, and they could so happily marry like that. Yeah. Producer became a huge, already liked Ember Moon a lot, but when Ember Moon mm-hmm. launched her Twitch, started going in there all the time. And then when mm-hmm. Ember Moon started recognizing her handle and calling her out and talking to her, it was like mm-hmm. this constant thing of, I was talking about Ember Moon again today. Like, awesome. You about Ziggy? That's great. Like, that's me. Yeah. She was talking about Ziggy on her stream. That's once. awesome. Yeah, our squirrel. So, I mean, it, it creates that connection where, like, once you see them back on TV, you're like, mm-hmm. that's my friend, <laughs> you know? Like, For sure. Absolutely it does. And I think that's yeah. that's the part that WWE – I mean, I'm sure they notice and they know, but that's the part where they got to look at it and they go, we have to harness this too. Like, we don't want to – we can't get rid of all of this. We just have to work together through all of this. Yes. This is a positive thing in all accounts why does it feel like a negative thing to us and how do we make it positive for everyone? Exactly. Because clearly the superstars are liking it. The fans are loving it. Yeah. I mean, it's super cool to have that connection with somebody like that, which also super happy to see Ember Moon back, you know? Oh, so good. She had a great matchup this week too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, did, I haven't watched NXT in a long time and I just had it on last night. And yeah. so, like, it was, like, as anything was happening, you're like, oh, I haven't seen them in forever. You know, like, it's just oh, all of person. that is just every single person. And then I was just, I don't know if they were actually gone or I was gone. I know I was gone. That's, well, that's true, too. But, uh, dude, how cool is it Tony Storm's over? I've been saying for a long time that I wanted her out of NXT UK and into NXT proper. That's how I call it. And, uh. I'm really excited to have her over there. Although my only problem is every time I see her, I think she's like too big a star for NXT. I'm like, that's a, she feels like such a star. Why is she not? Well, number one, she is, she's a huge star. She won't be there next year. Watch her show up on SmackDown or something. She's going to end up somewhere big. And the whole reason this is her graduating. Every time someone's come over from NXT UK, We've already completely been won over by them. That's true. And so that's like the other side. You're like, oh, no, no. They did this because you can't keep Dunn down. You got to bring down over. Like that guy is going to headline WrestleMania in five years. We need to be watching so him. Now. Yeah, he's incredible. Good. And then it's just like same with Tony Storm. She's fantastic. She, I want to see her go against like everybody. Yeah. And right now it's like, what, we got to go up Tony Ray matches are dream matches. <laughs> yeah, no, I want to see everybody. You're like, I don't know who I don't. I want to see her against Bailey. I want to see her against Sasha. I want to see her against Asuka. Oh. I bet you her and Carmella would put on a great match. Yeah. I think Carmella's way match, underrated. She had, I think, two matches with Rhea Ripley, and that's what actually won me over to Rhea Ripley to when mm-hmm. she even showed up for NXT UK. I was all like, oh, okay. You yeah, know. exactly. So, like, all of those are going to be good, too. So it's just like, no, like, I'm really excited to see her over. I get she's got to know everyone over here first, I guess. But there's no reason that she couldn't jump straight over to whatever they need her to. Although I do like watching some of these bigger stars on NXT. NXT needs that. And it's almost funny to me that it's like 
Finn, one of the biggest wrestling stars in the world, is like, no, can I just stay in the city and enjoy my new marriage and life and stroll in and just kick ass on every segment you put me in? Yeah, he's yeah, he's incredible. I don't know a lot of them right now too. Kyle O'Reilly. I've been saying for over a year how he was probably my favorite person in the disputed era, but no one ever talked about him much. Uh-huh. People talked about him, but I was like, he's not the one that the people are talking about in NXT. Seeing him break out once he got the beard, I was like, something's happening. Yeah, it's like it's like an action figure. Totally. In wrestling, it's like someone grows a beard or all of a sudden starts wearing shirts without their sleeves. And we're like, yeah. oh, a, a move is about to happen. Yeah, keep it. We gotta pay attention. Something's happening. Watch him. Yeah, it's the same in stand-up. I remember somebody started wearing hats on stage. Yeah, and Jeff and I were both like, "Oh, they're about to have something happen in their career. They're wearing a hat on stage now." It's <laughs> so they're- stupid. It was like well, they just changed the way we thought about him. Or when Nate Bargatze grew a beard, that's when I was like, "Oh, he's gonna blow up now." That's I, that's what was missing. He already had a perfect act. But he didn't have a beard yet. It was like that guy with with Electric Avenue. Once he got long dreads, it was like, now's your moment. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I'm on board with all that, man. Of course. Oh. You good? I got my holiday drinks. I got my holiday drinks right now. I got I got an Irish coffee. I got coffee with Jameson cold brew in it because uh-huh. that's how you do holiday mornings in this house. Nice. And I also have a spiked eggnog because I don't know if I want dessert or not yet. So I have a dumb question, but this is my level of dumb. So what alcohol do you put in an eggnog? It depends, man. It depends on how you're feeling. Really? You can change it? Mm hmm. So typically it would be a rum. I would suggest a spiced rum. Uh, I think Kraken is one of the better spiced rums you can mix with an eggnog. But for me, for today, what I did is I actually used a pumpkin cream liqueur. So okay. it's got kind of a pumpkin-y, eggnog-y flavor to it. And it keeps right. the, the creamy consistency. But I would say typically a rum. Okay. But I've seen Do you crack rum. some cinnamon on it? Ooh, no, I don't get fancy. That's fancy moves right there, dude. I mean, almost every kitchen has got some cinnamon or nutmeg. You could just dash onto that thing. I bet you all spice is better, especially if you've got the pumpkin in it already. Or the all-seasoning spice says all. Yeah, we got an everything bagel spice. That'd probably be good on top. Yeah, why not? I have bagel and coffee together. Why wouldn't I have bagel and coffee together? Yeah, bagel and coffee is boom, done. Yeah, exactly. They're friends. Yeah, <laughs> they get along. Yeah, There's I have the everything based bagel off spice too. Yeah, exactly. I can't imagine a, a bagel place not serving coffee. You're just wasting everyone's time. Yeah, you walk in there for the bagel, and like, we don't. We're more of a juice slushy kind of a place i'm like oh you don't <laughs> appreciate waking up are you kidding me you're both breakfast yeah in fact my buddy was uh asking we were comparing our favorite bagel places out here in la and i was like now this place only has average bagels but great coffee so i go because sometimes that's what you want yeah no i'm i mean i'd be okay with that i'll tell you even an average pumpernickel it's pretty damn good I like it. Yeah. yeah exactly. Especially I'm, if we're going to put salmon on it. Now I'm already one over no matter what's going on. A little bit of locks. Oh, I love locks. 
You, get, you know what they did in New York and I never seen it anywhere else? You could get the bagel hollow. They would literally yeah. just dig out all the bread. Yeah. I never saw that shit before. In the New first York, time like I ever saw that was East Coast subs would dig out all of the inside of their bread and then put the filling in and just give you the crusts of the bread. Huh. And it was great. Nice. And then I, that's when I learned about that. But yeah, I see that all over the place. Only East Coast, though. All over the East Coast, though, people will dig out the center of their bagel and put in like their smear or whatever they need. Yeah, I kind of wanted just a bag of all the insides. Just be like, can you just dump that all into a plate for me? Well, that's like truly the, the fattest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're just no, like watching the guy order in front of you. A dirty shirt. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, dude. dude can you imagine that's like you're like waiting, that. waiting in line? The guy in front of you orders it hollow, and you're like, "I'm gonna have a pumpernickel and also the innards of the one before me." I would love that. I would love to see that. Like somebody, like even three back. Like if he doesn't want that middle, I'll take it. Just throw yeah. it in the bag, and I'll, <laughs> I'll eat the rest. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa! Put that on the side. I'm, I'm coming. Yeah. What is it? Cinnamon <laughs> raisin? Yeah, I won't eat it in the same bite as mine, but I'm still gonna eat it. It's still got yeah. cinnamon and raisin and bagel dude it's basically a bagel bite yeah it's exactly what that is it's just without any of the outside yeah bagel holes yeah (laughs) that's what you want you want a business that sells bagel holes yeah it's like top of the muffin but it's bagel holes where it's just the inside balled up by hand (laughs) balled up yeah you ever read clickbait like the website no, there's a website that just it's like the onion, but extreme. And they had top 10 things on the McDonald's menu that are secret items you don't know about. Mm-hmm. And they're just like hamburger, all balled up, cheeseburger, all balled up, Big Mac, <laughs> all balled up, fish fillet, all balled up. And it was because <laughs> they were like and they would like give a description. But like, And then you tell them I want the fish fillet, but I want it all balled up play. And they go, I know exactly what you're talking about. And then they ball it up and then they put it. It's all mush, you know, like, and then uh, the end of it is the Happy Meal all balled up. And they got the toy and it's all bushed up around the toy. So it's like an owl pellet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think about it all the time. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite jokes. <laughs> the secret menu is just ordering the regular one and just balling it like a snow. What is it? Snowball. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah balling it like snow. What do they call that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I did all. I did everything except cross the line. Yeah. Yeah. So you want uh, bagel, bagel holes? Yeah, bagel holes. I think that could literally be a business that does well. If you called the bagel place bagel holes and you sold regular bagels, but also all that center stuff you're selling on the side and like you like, oh no, just get it with the smear and just do it. And it's all already ready to go. Yeah, you got a little bagel right there. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get the sell, smear we'll... and some bagel holes and don't worry about the rest. Yeah, but you you sell the smear in smaller containers and you just call it uh, bagel hole dippers? If that's what you want. I would want the full-size smear. I mean, you can get that, but you can also get a dipper. It's cheaper. Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, you can get the dipper, but I'm not doing that. I'm getting full-size smear. Because you're going to like take a spoonful of smear and then basically pick up one bagel with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I want it like icing, <laughs> just like icing, like a cupcake, like a bagel. Cupcake. Okay, wait. So when you cut a bagel in half, now that you're at your house, not in New York, are you taking the center part out? Or are you keeping it? 
I never took the center part out. Even if they asked okay. me to or started to, I was like, whoa, that's half of my bagel. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, why are you throwing away half of my fucking sandwich real quick? Like, no, I ordered the Here whole in thing. Los Angeles, I wanted to get rid when of they do that, you're like, thank you. That's calories I don't need. Empty calories. And um, yeah, Can you imagine? Imagine going to Five Guys. They make you up the burger. They get to the end, and you see them take one of the patties and throw it in the garbage and hand it over <laughs> to the tallow. <laughs> that's not exactly what they're doing but it's exactly what they're doing so i paid for all of it give me all of it i'll decide if i'm gonna spit some of it out that's on you yeah that's on me that's my decision i paid for all that i want the whole thing okay so you cut your bagel in half you got the cream cheese first off what flavors your cream cheese second how do you smear it what do you mean how do you smear it I got people got different ways. Some people like to really? just plaster the whole thing, both sides. And then when they take bites, it's just cream cheese coming out. Like it's a plate of machine. No, oh, I gotcha. Um, I mean, I typically, well, I tip for me, I really like just pumpernickel and plain, but I really mm-hmm. do get like when, when someone at work or any work you ever get where they just bring in like a bag of bagels, usually the most simplistic bagel is the one I want. And usually whatever kind of veggie or lox type schmear is the one I'll take. But mm-hmm. if I can find pumpernickel and, and plain, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happy as shit. Or the other bagel I'll get if I can't get that, uh, a lot of places don't have it, is if they have it. And it's not often they do, but I really like like the cheddar and jalapeno bagels. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, I feel like those are everywhere. Those are the grocery store. You get those at Ralph's. It's easier to find at Ralph's than it is to find at a fucking Einstein. Huh. Well. Problem is you're going to Einstein. Not a genius I mean, now. No Ralph's out here. Oh, uh, or Einstein's. Yeah, or Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, there was a bagel place in New York called Pumpernickels. Sure. You want to guess the fucking punchline about how furious I got when I went in there? They didn't have pumpernickel bagel. They didn't even serve pumpernickel bagel. It wasn't they ran out? We just don't have that here. Change that's your a, fucking name. That's a tough day in oh. the business when they realize they're not selling the name of the business, but they have a successful business. And they're like, yeah. do we really stop? It's like the crossroads Wiener Schnitzel had to get to. They still sell wieners. They don't sell schnitzel. Can you imagine that shit happens at Dunkin' Donuts? We don't sell that here anymore. Do you sell Dunkin' still? Yeah, well, I mean, they're not selling pumper or nickel. What if they just started selling nickels? Like, listen, we know we can't stop the name thing. We, we don't have any more pumper nickel. But I, I got a roll of nickels I can give you. That are wooden nickels with someone named Pumper on it? Like Vanderpumper? Like, oh, you've misunderstood. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, that is on me. You're right. That is on me completely. They're like, oh, well, we get that confusion all the time. We're talking about these wooden nickels here. See, now I'm an old man like you are. We're just old men and younger people bodies. Yeah. And I do enjoy the pumpernickel bagel, and it is a 50-50 chance whether it's there. I also enjoy the coffee ice cream, and a lot of companies stop making that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because caffeine's supposed to be bad for you or something. I call bullshit. Who cares? Yeah. Caffeine's out there. It's worse for you in soda. That's there. Yeah. 
the cream's gonna do it for me, not the caffeine. I'm gonna be honest. If it both does, listen. If I can buy cigarettes here, I should be allowed to buy pe- uh, coffee flavored ice cream. Yeah, you can't you choose this higher the ice cream. Yeah, hundred percent. But if you're taking the coffee out of the ice cream, but you're leaving all that fucking cream, you're missing the point. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, now, <laughs> I was at caffeine in here. I was at a fancy grocery store. And I asked where they had Mountain Dew, and they said they don't carry soda at all. Soda, the whole genre of it, they don't carry. And I went, well, that's fair. You don't carry any sodas. They didn't just choose one. And then I went to the gas station about the soda, and then decided if I have to go to the gas station to get what I want, I probably shouldn't drink this anymore. Yeah. But that's on me. Gas stations don't carry, like, good decisions. No, there's not a good decision in the gas station. None. That's like the primary sales point for Four Locos. That was their bread and butter. Yes, yeah, exactly. They're, They're like, you want to see if you get home? Four Locos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the gas stations held strong. Yeah. Every gas station was all like, why would we stop carrying that? That is our ethos. <laughs> We're going to carry that longer than we carry gas. Oh. Sorry, we didn't refill the gas, but cooler's full. What if everything at the gas station's price fluctuated like actual gas? <laughs> the way all gas changes. It's harder to get right now. Yeah, you're like, oh, dude, you're never going to believe it. Cigarettes are $4 right now. They were $8 last week. You yeah. got to stock up on cigarettes. Yeah, it is kind of interesting when you think about the idea that we've just accepted that as a like constantly fluctuating day-by-day price. But if other things mm-hmm. did that, we'd lose our shit. If anything else did that yeah yeah when shit goes on sale a, a week after we got it we try to go in there and get them to give me my fucking 38 cents back <laughs> yeah try doing that with gas yeah hey i noticed that it's at 285 now and i bought it for 311 last week yeah and you're holding up your receipt and shit look <laughs> it was just two days ago okay just tell me if i were to come in now all right well yeah yeah, no, but if everything's price fluctuated like like gas. Yeah. Like, sorry, man, you can check the stock market before you leave the house to find out what M&Ms are going for. Yeah. Dude, Nestle's down. Go get some M&Ms. Dude, if that was actually the way it worked when we had the toilet paper crisis, people would places wouldn't have ran out of toilet paper. They would have just had super expensive toilet paper. Oh, yeah. They would be like, oh, yeah, no, we have it. But it's $300 for a roll of 12 or a pack of 12. Well, people were trying to do that. I know. And it was working. It was working for a bit. Yeah. And then there was that dude got shut down because he's all like, oh, yeah, once I saw there was a pandemic coming, I bought all the sanitizer in my town. <laughs> so then, like, the police showed up and I said, guess what? We're taking it all. I remember I, I saw like that article. One. I shared that article. But, you know, and then here's the dude the tried to put thing. out a boohoo fucking thing where he's all like i was just trying to feed my family nope but here's the thing is that as far as america's concerned he's not wrong people he's wrong morally but like as far as the way the economy works that's what we teach people to do find out what's going to be scarce and stock up on it no hold on there's one specifically about pandemics there's a there's a law against it 
it has to do with price gouging during pandemics or times of emergency. Oh, great. That's perfect. Yeah. So there's like a, an actual law facilitating for like, Hey, it's one thing if you're trying to buy these sneakers and flip it for twice because you're a dick, but you mm-hmm. also can't say, Hey, it's now a health scare if you don't have this and I have it. So how much, how much are you willing to pay for your health? Cause then you're trying yeah. to take advantage of somebody trying to take care of their family, honestly. And you're just mm-hmm. putting it under the guise of a yes, hustle. for sure. Absolutely. Now what's the difference between that and what the price of insulin is? But no, that should be illegal. But insulin price gouging has illegal. been happening for a long time. I know. They're only now talking about regulating the price of insulin by law. Now. Well, only now are some people talking about it. Bernie's been talking about it since the 40s. Yeah, that's true. He came out and instead of crying, he was complaining about the price of Big Pharma. Yeah. And the doctor slapped him and he's like, you're socialist. Yeah. No, yeah, I think the whole Big Pharma thing's an absolute fucking... That's really funny. Bernie came out crying because he was born in a hospital. And he was like, oh, these bills. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, debt. Ah! I'm just born and I'm watching the chat. Who joined the chat? Happy Thanksgiving, Lunar. GR Lunar. Happy Thanksgiving, Lunar. He's a former alum. He uh, tells me he doesn't pay attention to wrestling anymore, but texts me every day about wrestling, so... We'll win them back. <laughs> yeah, your heart's still there, buddy. It's there. It's there. It's in there. We'll get to it. We'll we'll dig him out like a bagel. We'll get to it. Yeah, al- alum of what? The show he used to host on the show. Okay. Okay. Cool. The last year when uh, when Kevlar's kids went to baseball, he just flat out couldn't schedule it in at all. And so for like three months, we had Lunar on. That's He's great. the one from the famous highlight for the for the the New Year show. But he's the one who got scared and upset and couldn't get back on track after I farted his head off. Yeah, no, that was crazy. It was That's... intense, dude. It was so good. No, it's not so good. You should see a doctor. I forwarded yeah. that clip to doctors, and they just don't even accept it. Yeah, they say there's there's a lot going on in this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's true. Lunar does say it was Goldberg. That's canon. That's true. Once Goldberg lost the universal title, mm-hmm. he's like, was out, dude. He's like, I can't do this. He's like, how how can anyone beat Goldberg? He's like, how could they do this to Goldberg and his legacy? They're like, no one's better than Goldberg. Like, don't they get that? And Goldberg lost, and he just couldn't. He just couldn't handle it, man. <laughs> was it this last time Goldberg had the belt? Yes. I mean, yeah, so you don't think nobody can beat Goldberg, even if Goldberg's like in his mid fifties? Yeah, no, because Goldberg's good, dude. Undefeated for a long time. <laughs> in the nineties. Yeah. How many people can say they retired Bret Hart? <laughs> <laughs> That's not a nice thing to say. For anyone who doesn't know, Goldberg gave Bret Hart such a concussion he was no longer cleared to wrestle for the rest of his life. So, yeah, exactly. That's not a good thing. You can't. It wasn't like he was handed that over. Although, how many people can say that they retired the Undertaker? 
Yeah. Um, a few, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he just kept retiring. Yeah. At the same time, sure. dude, I'm going to let him keep retiring. I don't care if he does this like who like share. Remember she had 11 farewell tours. Yeah. Like the Stones farewell. had farewell tours and they're still going. Yeah. But I'm so, okay with that. My problem with this one is that first off, don't call it a final farewell. We all want another farewell. That's the problem is that we want another farewell where people are there. I think it's hard to say anything needs to happen when people are anywhere. Yeah. It's just a hard thing to say. But that's what I'm saying is that why say that this is a final, but we're just, no, just let us, we'll just do this all the time. And if every six months, I don't mind if he comes out and just choke slams people every year at WrestleMania and then leaves. Does the intro choke slams him and we make it the next 20 years. He shows up for WrestleMania, just choke slams him, gets old and fat and we don't care. He doesn't want to stay in shape and he can't do that to the character. I think what we saw was the final farewell to the undertaker, but we all know that what they will wait for, what, what we can the wait hall of for fame. when people are back is the hall of fame. For sure. He'll go into the hall of fame. He might be class of two. There might be only him and someone else. You know what I mean? Like I, I wouldn't be surprised. Even Kamala. Like, We're going to have an hour long. Yeah. Just an hour long thing of undertaker saying whatever he wants to for as long as he wants to, mm-hmm. you know, that's how long it takes him to talk sometimes yeah he's thinking it through (laughs) leaners in the chat still crying about goldberg (laughs) he's done he's finished yeah he just loves goldberg and i get it man it's his hero they got that new figure out goldberg with universal title thinking i know what he's getting for christmas i got you yeah what I'll do is I'll open the box though, so I can put a little dab of blood on his forehead and put it right back in. <laughs> that's the that's the figure you take out on Passover. You put it on the mantle. That's the one, and he's the first figure to come with the blue Universal title. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So if you wanted the Universal title, you gotta get Goldberg. <laughs> yes. Love it. Love it. Lunar couldn't be happier. It's everything you wanted in one figure. Greatest moment, he says. I don't think he actually said that. I I think you're making that up. I think you're making it up. I can't read the chat right now, but I believe you're making it up. It's hard to say. It's not. Lunar taking the the Dolph Ziggler route. It should have been Fiend. It should have been Fiend. That was the other one, right? Yeah. Um, (laughs) But I do think, yeah, I think that we saw the final farewell for Taker. And I think that's why he said it the way he did on the on that that segment was because I don't think he wanted the Undertaker to cry, but he's okay with Mark Calloway crying at the Hall of Fame. But he was getting choked uh, up. I think that's why he just wrapped it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be weird if the Undertaker you. cried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he cries like Porky Pig. Yeah. Like when yeah, what if Undertaker's a really a really audible, really bad crier? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, what did you think though when the when Paul Bear showed up? I want to know what you thought about that. I was hologram. waiting for the Paul Bear to move. Me too. I thought they got like the full hologram. Yeah. And then they didn't. It didn't move. 
Yeah, exactly. And I said that at home like everyone else, which sounds like I'm making fun of what I'm watching. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, um, it was all right. It was, I'm in the middle with it. I'm neutral on it. I thought it was really It wasn't nice. as cool like, as like, it, yeah. It, it's nice because what they were really truly doing, I think if they had made it like that Tupac hologram and it started like mm-hmm. breakdancing and stuff, it would have been, it could have taken away from it almost. Because what, what could they have done with the hologram if it did move that wouldn't come off a little bit silly? You know what I mean? That's true because the voice is so silly. Yeah. So if you just hear his voice, so if he talked at the all. picture of him holding it up. Yeah. I want to know if they told Undertaker or if he just was in the ring doing his pose and then that thing showed up and he was like, ooh. Nice. I'm also curious if he even saw it. I don't know. I thought I was trying to figure out if that was superimposed in the ring or superimposed on production. I think it's superimposed in the ring. You think so? Because you could see through it, there is the ropes. I know, but how would you get a hologram? They did a lot. They did a lot of things that didn't translate well on TV for that. Like the Tesla coils playing the Undertaker theme would be very cool in person. It sounds kind of weak at home. It was a little weird at first. I was like, what is happening? Is this a MIDI? Could they not get Yeah, no, exactly. Because it also only plays one note, and we're used to this full arrangement. And, and you're like, oh, you don't realize how cool it is doing unless it? you're there. They weren't in yeah. the shot, so I couldn't tell what it was till they zoomed out after the fact. I went, oh, the coils yeah. did all that. Yeah, exactly. I was, I was and you're like, oh, it's doing it live. But also, like, it's not as good as just hearing the bong, you know. Yeah. Oh, well, I like it. I'll never, I'll never be sad about any showing of love and appreciation for that character or that man. So I'm on board. Yeah, I hope he gets on cameo now. 500 bucks a cameo. No, he was on cameo. You didn't see that? He was on cameo? Yeah, they did. They sold 30 cameos at $1,000 a piece and they sold out. They sold them. Hmm. You can go on to the cameo where you can see the reviewed clips and you can see almost all of them because almost yeah. everyone said, yeah, we can share this. And there's some mm-hmm. really good ones in there that are like, I mean, none of them are that good because how could they be that good? <laughs> and they're so good because mm. it is just so out of place. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen his hot ones yet, but it looks out of place too. It's a little out of place. And then some the there's a guy who dresses up as Scooby Doo who showed up at AEW a few times. <laughs> he got one. Huh. Yeah. So he's it's it starts out and Undertaker's all upset about it too. He's like, all elite Scooby Doo. That's <laughs> how you want me to refer to you? Like he's all pissed. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. And then there's just weird ones where there's there's one where it's like someone was going to be dealing with like some sort of heart surgery. And he goes, one day you'll be able to look behind and forget all about your heart surgeon. He goes, but one thing that you'll never forget is I'll be haunting your dreams. And you're so like, what? It's this weird, like, <laughs> if you survive this, <laughs> I'm that's going hilarious. To yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, and if I have any oh, yeah. crazy surgery, I'm in the hospital. Just give me a video of the Undertaker telling me. Worst case is uh, he'll be the one to bury me. Yeah. Cornette told a funny story. Bury you alive. Yeah. 
Cornette had told a funny story where he was at a show and there was like a terminally ill ki- kid in the in, towards the front, and someone as he was walking towards the back like tugged on his jacket and said, "Hey, here's the guy's here's the kid's story. Undertaker's his absolute favorite. Do you think you can get Undertaker to sign this thing?" And he goes, "Yeah, I'll do it." And took it back there and gives it to him. And he said he signed it, Undertaker, and then he puts a big R on there, and then he like pauses and like turned the R into a B and then put like best wishes or something. <laughs> <laughs> because he was so used to writing rest in peace on everything yeah exactly just like (laughs) like the r comes out he's like uh better call an audible here yeah best in peace yeah that's really funny good for him oh yeah i'm so good dude oh man do you guys get you got anything going on tonight I'm going to watch some movies. I haven't figured out what yet. Might watch Fantastic Beasts for the first time. Yeah, I heard a lot of good things about that. A lot of people yeah. really liked it. We don't have much going on. We're making a duck. Oh, cool. Is that it sizzling right there? Oh, I can hear it sizzling. That's Quack. Yeah, I don't know why you don't do something like that, especially if it's just you to get like a game hen or something. It's kind of like a similar ambiance for yourself kind of a deal. When I've I was... done a couple of years where I do I cook a whole chicken for myself. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah, no, but this year I just bought Boston Market. Boston Market is pretty dope. Dude, yeah, I've had Boston Market for Thanksgiving before because they do a whole thing with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's pretty good. I did it. I got it uh, when I worked in I went one. I worked Thanksgiving two years in a row and both years they gave us Boston market Thanksgiving dinners. Mm-hmm. And I did that this year. I was like, you know what? Let's just do that. That's fun. Yeah. No. So Amazing. nothing big. What was the other thing? Oh, I, I might. Cause I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to watch tonight. There's also a new movie that's out now. That's uh, a David Bowie movie about the early days of David Bowie and Mark Maron's in it. So I'm probably, I might watch that too. Like it's a new, it's a documentary. No, no, it's like a movie, like the way the Queen movie is, but it's about David Bowie. It's supposed to be a big theatrical release movie, but there's no theater to put it in. Who plays Bowie? Uh, I forget who. Not Mark Maron. That'd be great. Yeah. If it were no, 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 no. It's a young guy. It's a young thin dude. Bowie movie. I'm putting in right now. Yeah. Bowie movie. Labyrinth pulled up. This isn't going well. Stardust. Is that the one? Uh, Johnny Flynn plays Bowie. Yeah, it is Stardust. Jenna Malone's in there, dude. I haven't seen her in something in a while. Yeah, look at that. It's and it's. I can rent it for five ninety nine. Yeah, I'm doing this. Tell me how you think. Because um, I don't think that dude looks like him at all. It's really weird. Like it looks yeah, like I don't, don't think that dude way. looks like him at all either, but it's i know i'm gonna love the soundtrack for sure i also think that we're a little too hung up as a society of wanting someone to look like the person should look when playing a movie about them yeah exactly so i i agree with that too where even just looking i was like i wish it looked just like him it's like or do you wish they acted just like them did you (laughs) see the movie yeah did you see elvis versus nixon no i remember talking about that too no Oh, I should. It's not verses. Not like they fought, but the Elvis Nixon movie is about the day that Elvis met Nixon because he wanted 
to be able to bring his guns on airplanes. And uh, what is it? And the guy they got looks nothing like Elvis. Yeah. But he's such a phenomenal actor and really pulls in the energy of an Elvis trying to be like uh, an insulated Elvis, not like the big superstar on stage Elvis. The, it really is great. And it doesn't matter if that guy does not look like Elvis. That's awesome. Yeah. What? It's so a fun movie. If you want your, I thought Elvis had private jets and stuff. Uh, he wasn't allowed still to have his handguns on it. I thought on your private plane, you literally do whatever you want. I wonder if that's why he bought a private plane. It may have been to carry his gun. But the opening scene in the movie is him trying to get on a plane. And they're like, you've got guns. Firearms. And he goes, well, I guess I'll just go see Nixon then. No. No. So he decided that he wanted to become a secret agent. And if he became a secret agent, then he would have clearance to do that. To have guns anywhere in the country. There's no place where he has ever. Yes. And he wrote a letter to Nixon about how he will do some secret agent work and become a secret agent to get the thing. And he can do it because he's such a popular figure that anything that he needs him to say that would help the country, but speak to the children. He's got such a connection with, with the young audience that he could do that for them. And apparently they put him on one mission. What the fuck that happened in actual life. So yeah, Elvis wrote the letter which half of the letter is in Nixon's presidential library. The other half is in Nashville now, or at Memphis in Elvis's house. But Elvis didn't hear back from him. So Elvis just got on a plane and went to the White House and just walked up to the White House. And it's like, I'm Elvis. I'm here to see the president. Yeah. And they're Nixon like, do you have a meeting? And, and he's like, no, I don't. And he goes, but I am Elvis. Right. And they're like, okay. And then like, so they reached out to Elvis or the president in the White House, in his office, like Elvis Presley is here to see you. And he goes, I don't have a meeting with Elvis Presley. I don't know who Elvis Presley is. Because Nixon is 70 and Elvis is like 35 at the time. And so the girls were like, no, you have to see Elvis. He's like the biggest star in the world. And he goes, okay, tell him to come back at four. And it was like noon. So Elvis had to like kick it in DC for a couple hours and then come back and do his meeting. I had really good Italian food in DC when I was there once. Mm-hmm. I've never been to DC. Nice. I went there just to meet Penn Jillette. It worked. Did you meet him? Yeah. That was great. I met him twice. But only once in D.C. Second time, I think, was in New York. I shook his hand in Vegas twice, I guess. I've seen it because I've seen him twice, and he's always in the lobby afterwards. That's pretty cool. But yeah. And so I'd be like, that's, oh, good show. Insane. But you never anything deeper than good show. Oh, I think both times he had been releasing a book. So I went to like book things with it. So. Oh, that's good. Cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, yeah, that's insane that that happened, and I had no idea. Oh, it's totally insane, and they really made it feel super insane in the movie, and that's part of the greatness. Now I got to see that. You should. It's well worth the the hour and a half, two hours. It is because all like of it's just a, it's a lot of like what. There is a documentary about it, but the one the movie is fun. That's so good. The movie's that's very insane. fun. Nixon was played by Kevin Spacey pre Me Too, clearly. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. It's a good I wish movie. more people know. I mean, I guess we wouldn't even know, though. I was about to say, if, if other big celebrities were so like, I should just be a secret agent so I could do what I want, and people wouldn't know because I'm a famous person. 
mm-hmm. we wouldn't know if that's happened much or not. Exactly. Well, that would be, it's the equivalent of how Obama went on uh, between two ferns because he wanted to talk about signing up for Obamacare. Yeah. That level of act that Galifianakis did for Obama is the same level act that Elvis did for Nixon. Where he spoke publicly about it. I'm saying that it's possible. Like it's it's hard to say it's hard to give a hard no. Yeah, you can't give a hard no because he's done the government a favor. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> so I'll tell you, if I was like, hey, Obama, my podcast is open if you want to sit down and talk about a thing, he's not going like it sounds legit. Yeah. Well, How many it, episodes you, do you have one. Yeah, but it wasn't really a success. So we're working on the first episode again next week. If you want to be on yeah. it, yeah, we're gonna be on. The, you'll be on the first one. It's, it's <laughs> a good launch. Yeah. So, so it's similar like that because Elvis just like spoke openly about something that Nixon wanted people to approve. That's that's all Elvis was able to do. He just used his influence. That's incredible. That's not. Yeah. That's also like the exact opposite of what Ali was doing. Yeah, exactly the opposite. <laughs> both heroes, though. As, both heroes. Oh yeah, absolutely, and both sticking to their convictions, which is something mm-hmm. admirable to, to take away from both of them. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of funny you think about that same time frame. Elvis is all like, "I could do you guys a favor. I'll tell people you're cool," and then Ali's over there and it's like, "I'll tell you people you're cool." I like that. That's the, because that's literally how shallow it is. Hey, listen, man, yeah. I'm Elvis. I'll tell people you're cool. You're cool. Like, you yeah. can make me cool. You're cool. Let yeah, me let carry me a gun. Book. Stay right, cool. Stay cool in it right now. Stay cool. I Elvis. always looked up to you, Richard Nixon. <laughs> yeah. Nixon, you made me want to be a singer. What? Bob Dylan could say that, though. It wouldn't be a lie. <laughs> what, the Richard Nixon always made me want to sing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, you watch the I news, need to get out mad. there. And... Yeah, exactly. Shit <laughs> to say about this. Yeah, this is. I can't stay home if this is what they're saying on TV. There's too much yeah. to combat. Let me get my. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Bob Dylan sings as if he's trying, like, like he wrote his lyrics down in the car, and there was bumps in the road, and he's putting the bumps in the singing now too. Yeah, kind of a hiccup right here. <laughs> Although Nixon I like does make Bob Dylan Nixon. sound like an idiot. We make him sound like such an asshole, and he's not at all. It's almost the producer voice I do. Yeah, yeah, producer here. Boom. Everybody yeah, it's also your Dylan. Stone. Yeah, it's also my Dylan. <laughs> so that's a compliment to producer. Yeah, that's a compliment to producer. He was very. He's considered a. Great orator. <laughs> when I tell people I don't like D- Bob Dylan's voice, they get so mad at me, but there's, I can't imagine the argument they have. The only They're argument like, no. that's out there is lay, lady, lay. But I can very easily be like, oh yeah, the guy doesn't have a good voice. And people will be like, no, no, he's a legend. You're like, yeah, but you clearly know his voice isn't good though. Yeah, no, but I would say that listen to Lay Lady Lay 
and understand how someone could say he has a good singing voice, but then also be able to recognize everything. I understand you know somebody who might like it. That. I get it. I mean, as a Dampy Giants fan, I love John Linnell. But if someone went, yeah. that voice annoys me, I'd be like, oh, nothing I can do about that. He's going to be John Linnell the whole time. And I love him yeah. for that. And you're not going to love him for that because he's going to keep doing that. But that's fine. Do you remember the Lay Lady Lay song? I mean, I know I've heard it because I've heard so much Bob Dylan in my life, but I don't recall exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying. Just listen to that one song because here's the weird bit. He sings like a singer would sing. But then it's weird because it's also like, how come he never did that ever again on anything else? Because like, it's like, it's like he put out one song to be all like, I could sing, mm-hmm. but I will not be doing that moving forward. <laughs> like, <laughs> You're like, oh, Bob Dylan, you jerk. Yeah, because he had he that's the one song where I would say like, oh, OK, so I can recognize that he does have a good singing voice, but he mm-hmm. also never utilized it again. So it's also yeah. hard to make the argument of, oh, listen to any of his songs and you'll know. No, it's not mm-hmm. true. And seeing him live and I, when I saw him live, such a bummer, man. Bob Dylan would be the biggest artist of all time I'd never want to see live. I don't think I'd even recommend it. I saw him because it was like the opportunity was there. And I thought it was great. And he's a legend. Mm-hmm. I love a lot of his songs. Yeah. But he can't even carry his own weird tunes anymore. <laughs> Where he should be going like, eh, he doesn't like, eh, you know, like it's not. Dude, it's it's more gravelly. It's just, uh. <laughs> it's all, uh. I remember as I walked up, he was singing Lay, Lady, Lay. But it was, I, I took me a while to figure it out. He was literally was just going, Lay, Lady, Lay. And I was like, what? Um, yeah. Dave Davies was a sad visual. Bob Dylan wasn't a sad visual though, because he didn't have like he didn't have like slippers. He wasn't wearing like comfortable for the hospital clothes. <laughs> Dave Davies was, and Dave Davies was wearing the same clothes on stage as was everything that he had on his merch table, which was all taken <laughs> at different years. It was like a black shirt with a purple trim, and you looked at it you're like, oh, look at this poster from a couple years ago. Oh, he's wearing the same thing. And then you're like, oh, look at this album he just put out. Same thing there. And like, you're just like, oh, he's got this one. Sh-. He's like Fred Flintstones of. It's funny. I feel that way about Dave Gilmore from Pink Floyd. Yeah. That he just looks like he's the manager of Ross and he got together with like three other managers of Ross and they happened to sell out Pompeii. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Dude. I mean, like visually, if you don't hear that the music sounds amazing, it looks like a bunch of dads got together and it happened to have like 50,000 other dads show up. Yeah, blue jeans, brand belt, New Balance sneakers. Yeah, totally. All of that stuff. And then like a button-up shirt with like a white shirt underneath it. It's just one solid color, but it's like a pastel because his yeah. wife was like, this is this one's cute on you. Yeah, this one looks good on you. Put this one on. It looks professional. <laughs> exactly. And he's just like, yeah. I don't need to be professional. I wrote Dark Side of the Moon. Honestly, I wish they would rather just wear other Pink Floyd shirts. Yeah. Wear old tour shirts, dude. It'd be sick. Yeah. People would love it. Yeah. But he also looks like he looks like the manager. When you ask for a complaint, a guy comes out yeah. with a haircut he doesn't even like. And he's just like, oh, what can I do for you? 
Yeah. Except then he turns around and plays amazing guitar. Yeah. He's, <laughs> what can I do for you? Most of the time I feel like it's just gonna I most of the time I feel like the, the attitude they come out with is what is it gonna take? What is it that you want? <laughs> that is that's exactly the attitude you get. Yeah, is what is it gonna yeah. take? Yeah. Here we are. What is <laughs> what is your expectation and how do we get out of this? <laughs> the good, the bad, and the ugly song sounds says woo-woo-woo. Yeah. So, what's it gonna take for you to leave this place satisfied? Wah, wah, wah. I want these shoes half off. Fine. Right. Take one off then. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's dressed like a dad. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> There we go. My brother, Chris Marsh. A uh, little background on the show, why it's a little bit different than the other ones, because you noticed we were on Twitch Live. We did talk to the audience for a little bit. Is my brother invited me to do his show, Wrestling on the Rocks. So that was a crossover episode of me on his show, Wrestling on the Rocks. If you like that and you love wrestling, go check out more episodes of Wrestling on the Rocks. He actually goes through, we didn't do it this time, but he does go through the news of wrestling every week. So if you need someone to talk to wrestling about, check out his show. You know, like if you just need someone who's like run down what's going on in wrestling for this week because you didn't have time to watch it this week, check out his show. It's on Twitch. He's got a website. He's got Instagram and Twitter for it. Wrestling at the Rocks. Wrestling on the Rocks. Check it out. Fun show. I feel like I'm on like every other month once, you know, like, but he goes through every week. Good point of views on it. Also check him out at Marsh Ref. At Marsh Ref is his Instagram where he puts up his drawings that he does of wrestlers that are amazing. Uh, They're so good that I would say 75% of the time he uploads them, the wrestler personally will take it and upload it themselves because they're like, this is a great drawing. I love this. And I share it because I think they're awesome. So you've probably seen them on my Instagram as well. And a uh, little side note. I don't know if you've noticed Sam Roberts' thing on uh, WWE. He has a new show. His, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say who does the art, but I will say it looks a lot like my brother's. Similar to my brother. Chris Marsh, check him out. Thank you for listening to that long episode. It's longer because it's his show. He has a longer show than I have. And, I, you know, I was a guest on his show but I shared it. I thought it was a good conversation, good dynamics. Thank you for inviting me, Chris. Thank you for doing that on Thanksgiving. It was a fun Thanksgiving thing to do. Uh, Then, next week, this very next episode, I have Charlie Talbert on. Charlie Talbert, you know from the movie Angus from the 90s. He played Angus. Good friend of mine. He did stand-up for a little bit, I want to say like seven years ago. And we got to know each other really well then. We hung out a lot then, and we still hung out. He, we've kept in touch this whole time. I love Charlie. He's like a brother. You know, like, there's a couple people in my life that aren't blood-related, but it's like they are. Like Jericho Davidson, for instance, from earlier in the, the series. And, of course, now, Charlie Talbert. And you'll watch us have our dynamic of what it's like for us to talk next week. Good show. Funny show. Yeah, that's what's going on. We, uh, I've been promoting... Is This The Way A Lot, my new podcast where I run down all of the history and Easter eggs of the show The Mandalorian. It's now out everywhere. Go check that out. 
I love the show. I love the show Mandalorian. I also love this podcast. Me and Andy Leonard. Andy Leonard is my Star Wars historian. And we run through the episodes. And it's great. I love Mandalorian. If you love Mandalorian and me, that's a good place to go. If you uh, only like one of those, you still got this. You still got this. Uh, Christmas is coming soon. So you know what your family needs. My stickers and buttons and pins. And if they don't even, you should buy it for them. Venmo me at Aaron M. Marsh. I'm at Aaron M. Marsh on everything. That runs down this episode. Uh, I think so. Yeah, that's it. Guys, thank you very much. Thank you for listening. And thank you for putting up with me. Whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong, whether I find a place in this world or never belong, I've got to be me. I gotta be me. What else can I be?